Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosen. Welcome to episode 233 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all earn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please do me a favor, subscribe in your favorite, and leave a review if you like the show. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big games out last week were Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. The games coming out this week include Spirit T, Broken Roads, Coral Island, Karmazoo, Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, Turok 3 Shadow of Oblivion, UFO Robot Grand Desire, The Feast of the Wolves, Hades Star Dark Nebula, Lily in the Puzzle World, Teardown, The Last Faith, Tri-6 Infinite Plus, Flashback 2, Jagged Alliance 3, Smoots Pinball, Prison City, Yofane the Perhalion, Blaze in the Deep Blue, Bakery Simulator, Barton Lynch Pro Surfing, Grotto, Bluey the Video Game, Low Story, Renardo Cross Boruto, Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections, The Myth Seekers 2, The Sunken City, Persona 5 Tactica, The Walking Dead Destinies, and Warhammer Age of Sigmar Realms of Ruin. Now into last week's biggest game stories, and we have five to cover this week. Number one, Modern Warfare 3 was reportedly developed in just 16 months. Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle writes, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 and some of its creators reportedly suffered from a rushed development cycle that saw the game's campaign made in about 16 months. Over a dozen current and former Call of Duty developers told Bloomberg that the project initially started life as an expansion to last year's Modern Warfare 2, which would have taken place in Mexico and have been achievable in that time frame. However, it's claimed that Activision executives later rebooted the project, telling developers at Sledgehammer Games that it would instead need to be a full-blown sequel featuring the globetrotting adventures that the franchise has become known for. Some staff who reportedly had to work nights and weekends to finish the game said they felt let down because they'd been promised that this type of crunch wouldn't happen again after the studio's previous game, Call of Duty Vanguard, was made under a similarly constrained development cycle. Developers also expressed frustration at having to seek content approval from original Call of Duty developer and Modern Warfare sub-series creator, Infinity Ward, a process which was reportedly inefficient and sometimes resulted in significant and unwanted changes having to be made. An Activision spokesperson denied that the project was originally planned as an expansion, claiming that it was conceived as a premium game from the outset. Sledgehammer studio head Aaron Howland told Bloomberg, Some developers may have believed this game was an expansion because it's a new type of direct sequel to Modern Warfare 2, that for the first time allows players to carry forward many weapons and cosmetic items from one game to the next. In a publicly released statement, Halen added, quote, We are proud to be the team to lead the way on Modern Warfare 3. We have worked hard to deliver on this vision which has been years in the making. Anything said to the contrary is simply not true. This is our game and we cannot wait to play it online with all of you, end quote. Modern Warfare 3's campaign has been poorly received by critics who received access to the game ahead of its release today. Quote, sold as a pre-order bonus and given about as much thought, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 single-player offering a short, shallow waste of time that feels less like a video game and more like a contractual obligation, and quote, according to VGC's review. Tough, tough look for this game, and the critics have responded. The campaign, which you can reportedly beat in around 4 hours, is being slammed online for how poor it is. Personally, I can't wait to play this with my friends this weekend, but it's simply because they got me with a nostalgia trip, which... Kinda sucks, but you're playing to the right audience. Give me all those Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 maps that I played hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of hours in high school and college on. 
I'll take that any day of the week. So I'm excited, but I totally get it. I'm really intrigued to see what next year's Call of Duty looks like, as now Xbox and Microsoft are inheriting all of these problems and issues with Activision and Call of Duty and the entire war machine. Number two, Xbox Series S version of Baldur's Gate 3 might benefit all platforms. Tom West at True Achievements writes, from zero to potential hero, the complications Larian Studios has faced developing Baldur's Gate 3 for the Xbox Series S looks to have led to optimization improvements that could aid players on all platforms. The company has revealed that it has managed to reduce the game's VRAM usage by a whopping 34%. For once, we were writing a positive story about a game's development on Xbox Series S, but it didn't start that way. Baldur's Gate 3 launched on PS5 and PC earlier this year to rave reviews, but had to postpone its launch on Xbox consoles due to complications the company faced when optimizing split-screen co-op on the Xbox Series S. That came to a head in August when Larian's boss Sven Venicky announced that following a chat with Xbox boss Phil Spencer at Gamescom, Baldur's Gate 3 would be launching on Series X and S later this year, but the Series S version would miss out on split-screen altogether. It's not ideal nor what Larian wanted, but it's much better than the indefinite delay that Baldur's Gate 3 was facing on Xbox. Now Vinicky has revealed that ongoing development has seen the team perform some high fantasy magic of its own. Quote, got a nice present from our engineers, ensuring memory is well under control and having buffer for peaks while is the main thing holding us back, end quote, Vinicky said on X. Quote, I think this will benefit all platforms too. Still work left, but very close now, end quote. Larian Studios hasn't revealed how it's managed to achieve its results, but it could bode well for players on Xbox Series X, PS5, and PC, not just on Series S. I thought this was a great news story, and I like that true achievement highlighted that we don't often see positive stories surrounding the Series S. It seems like an awesome idea, but it turned out to be in practice a little bit more complicated developers than maybe Xbox would have thought. But hey, maybe it's going to be improved going forward thanks to some of the work that Larian Studios has done. Number three, former Forza boss Alan Hartman has been appointed head of Xbox Game Studios. Tom Ivan at VGC writes, Microsoft has appointed former Turn 10 boss Alan Hartman as its new head of Xbox Game Studios. Hartman, who joined the Forza Motorsport developer back in 2005, has spent the last two years working as corporate vice president of Forza and Fable. Quote, thrilled to be representing such an elite set of game creators in my new role leading Xbox Game Studios, and quote, he wrote on LinkedIn. Hartman's promotion follows several recently announced Xbox leadership changes. He's taking on the role previously held by Matt Booty, who had been promoted to president of game, content, and studios, a role which incorporates overseeing the work of ZeniMax and Bethesda. Sarah Bond was also promoted from corporate vice president at Xbox to Xbox president. In her new role, she has taken over the running of the division's hardware and software platforms. I wanted to highlight this as this is another big shakeup to the Xbox leadership. Good to see that they are throwing more resources at this as this is quickly becoming a monster of a beast to manage and that has certainly not been one of Xbox's strong suits over the last couple of years. Let's see if he can help keep on track the apparent plan of having a big Xbox Game Studios release once a quarter. And number four, Xbox update makes it very clear if a game you play is leaving Game Pass soon. Ryan Dinsdale at IGN writes, Microsoft has released a handy Xbox update that makes it nice and clear if a game you are playing is leaving Game Pass soon. As reported by Pure Xbox, players will now be presented with a pop-up message when they go to play a game that will soon leave the subscription service. Quote, this game is leaving Game Pass after November 15th, end quote, the current message reads for the month's departures. Quote, this game will no longer be part of the Game Pass library, end quote, the message continues. Quote, add it to your wishlist so you know if it comes back or goes on sale, or buy it now for up to 20% off to keep on playing, end quote. The less wholesome part of this is Microsoft steering players towards actually buying the game, of course. 
though it is undeniably a useful feature regardless and many users will want to continue playing their games. Microsoft also offers Game Pass games for 20% off if bought proper, so players will now have a heads up to buy their games before they go back to full price. The message appears when you go to play a game that's leaving Game Pass soon, whether it's already installed on the console or played via cloud streaming, and seems to appear two weeks before the game's leaving date. Xbox previously only announced the leaving games in a fortnightly blog post, where it also announced all the new additions. November sees Thirsty Suitors, Football Manager 2024, and Like a Dragon Guide in the Man Who Erases Name added, for example, and Coffee Talk, Ghost Sound, and Football Manager 2023 removed. I love all these little quality of life features, continuing to make Xbox Game Pass the best value in gaming, giving the full transparency and making it clear for the players how and when they can play their games. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this was a little piece of fun fact for the development of Starfield that came out this week. Credit to Anthony Wood at IGN. Did you like the silent protagonist in Starfield? Well, that almost wasn't the case. Well, it turns out the actors who played Sam Coe and Andresia in the game were originally set to cast the not-so-silent protagonist of the main game. This came out via a ex-post from Elias Tufexis, who plays Sam Coe in the game, and Sissy Jones, who played Andresia. Considering all the feedback that they got for Fallout 4 with the not-so-silent protagonist being fully voiced, it makes sense why they made this shift, and it seems to be the right move. I personally liked the silent protagonist in this game, and I like the character voice acting for Sam Co and Andresia, so good job Bethesda on coming to your senses and not doing a big mistake, or so the hardcore would have given you had you done the same thing as Fallout 4. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox and 10. This past week, I finished 100%ing, but not platinuming, Spider-Man 2. Gonna go back and clean that up, and I'm excited to jump in this weekend, play with some friends, and go grind those old Modern Warfare 2 maps in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. My name is Brandon Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Barosa93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.